We've been talking about the Fed. We've been talking about the debt ceiling, waiting for stimulus. Let's revisit one of the other stories that made some pretty big headlines, but since has slowed down a little bit, that is Evergrande and the risk of the Chinese economy weighing on the rest of the world. Tracy Chen is back with us, joining from Brandywine Global, the portfolio manager and head of structured credit. Tracy, great to have you here on the show. Great to see you again. Hi, Oliver. Great to see you again, too. Thank you. So walk me through how you're viewing the developments over the last month. Since the last time we spoke, Tracy, the Chinese economy has continued to come under pressure from its own government. We've seen the stock market there pull back and now this Evergrande debt risk. What do you see in your world of debt? Right, so Evergrande's uh, debt crisis uh, is not a black swan event. It is a well broadcast, uh, like a low boiling uh, event since 2017. And everyone knows it's the, uh, one of the largest uh, property developer and the most levered one. And uh, I view its crisis as the epitome of a bygone era of China's very leverage-driven growth model. Mm. And now is a reckoning time uh, because China wants to do three things right now as a priority. One is to delevering its economy. Uh, the second one is to uh, achieve common prosperity, meaning uh, the skyrocketing housing prices uh, generated a lot of uh, uh, like income inequality. And the third one is to be more sustainable in a high-tech uh, sector where uh, Xi Jinping wants to channel capital from the less productive property sector to more productive high-tech sector. So Evergrande is at this um, the center of this turmoil. And uh, I think this, this reckoning um, is very effective. Uh, but so far, I think the government tries to contain the contagion risk. And uh, so far, they have been doing a great job. Um, and um, our base case is uh, they will they will manage uh, orderly restructure uh, to order some SOE companies to take over some of its uh, projects um, and also strategic investors to invest in, in this company. Um, and uh, but but uh, with that being said, uh, I, I think housing is for living, not for speculating. Um, and also, uh, policymakers has promised not to use property sector as a tool uh, for stimulus going forward. So the property market, I I would say, becomes more boring going forward. Uh, the the um, the go go era of uh, high rise uh, housing prices is behind us now. Um, so if investors want to shop the bottom, um, I think they have to be careful as offshore investors, mm. uh, they have to recognize uh, there is a, like a uh, implicit uh, pecking order um, because the companies, they have to pay their uh, onshore investor or pay, pay, pay their um, like uh, trade partner and employee and, and home buyer first before they pay onshore bond and then offshore bond holders. So it's very tricky there. Tracy, what do you think the timeline is for uh, that uh, organized restructuring? I mean, what is that uh, uh, transparency? What kind of transparency can we expect as uh, investors on how much support uh, they're going to have and, and when we might see that? Sure. Um, I think it, it might take longer than people think um, because for the past several default cases like H&A, uh, it took uh, more than a year. Um, so it's uh, the process is not that transparent, uh, but so far Evergrande has missed several coupon payments, both mm -hmm. for onshore and, uh, and offshore bonds. And today we're waiting for another payment, uh, which is due uh, to the Jumbo Fortune uh, bond, which doesn't have a grace period. So if it default today, we might have um, a, like a definitive default event for Evergrande. 
um, and there are a lot of implicit cross guarantee, which is not that transparent for, for bondholders. So those are the factors that we have to monitor. They are continuing to try and raise cash as they uh, sold part of the stake in a property services unit uh, as that news hit overnight. And so there's some degree of kind of trying to salvage the situation internally. But your point is we should expect to see still external support from the government. Tracy, in your notes, you also point out that there could be residual effects and that weaker developers might follow the same course. If the government does step in in a big way, does that still happen? Do you still get that knock-on effect in China? Yes, I think uh, Evergrande will not be the last one to, to fall uh, because there are uh, uh, several other very levered property developers as well. And so far, their bond prices hasn't been affected as much. Um, I think they are trading around 80, 80 cents on the dollar um, or, or even higher. Um, so Evergrande is the only one trading at a very distressed price level. Um, but I, I think the policymakers, they, al they already came out. Uh, they, they, uh, they actually nudged banks to, uh, to, sell, uh, to, to, pr to provide support to healthy developers. Um, and at the same time, they want to uh, strike a balance. Um, they also want to break that moral hazard. They, they definitely will not be bailing out Evergrande. Um, but uh, it's interesting to see um, how, how they are, um, how they are ring-fencing ring, ring this uh, crisis. Okay, and Brandy, uh, uh, Tracy rather, uh, when you are looking at how the U.S. responds to this, is there clear sign of that yet? I mean, we've gotten a little bit of stress in equities, but have uh, credit spreads uh, reflected any significant uh, risk beyond just kind of this broader uh, slowdown in risk assets? No, not at all. Um, the only stress we see is uh, the offshore U.S. dollar-denominated China high-yield developer bond. Uh, we, we definitely saw some spread widening there. Uh, but apart from that, even uh, even in the Chinese market, uh, we don't see um, contagion in the sovereign bond market or even RMB uh, or the interbank market rate are very, very stable. So, so far, the, the, the risk is very contained. Okay. And then right now, Tracy, with all this said, what looks appealing to your team and what stands out as uh, areas of opportunity? Has there been any degree of jostling or downside in prices that created any unique opportunity these last uh, uh, called 30 days? Yes. Um, I think uh, we look at some of the Chinese high-yield property developers. Um, the, the higher quality one, they also sold off uh, by about uh, like five to seven points. Um, I, I think if you look uh, through their credit quality, uh, their cash flow, their um, their, their um, their their leverage and, and their their land uh, their, their their land base. Uh, I think that some of them are very healthy. So, uh, but I, I think um, if you can, um, uh, we are just not not sure that whether this is the the bottom of the market. But um, sometimes uh, it's not quite important to time the bottom. But you can slowly gradually um, step in, and and then the return um, might be very uh, fruitful going forward. So that's one area we see opportunities, but we also see uh, opportunities in, 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 other, in other parts of the market. I see that as uh, some of the reopening cyclical credits that you still like, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So we, we still see the commercial real estate market, uh, they are still the laggards um, for this reopening trade. And uh, when we see the, the, the case peak uh, of the, the Delta case, I, I, I think 
um, it, it's very important to uh, step back into the CRE market, uh, especially the triple B part or single A part of the, the CMBS market. They actually perform very well um, year to date, and they, they are still having some uh, spread pickup versus uh, corporate credit. Mm. Tracy, always great to have you here. Thank you for sharing your research with us. Sure. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you very much. Tracy Chen joining us from Brandywine, globally head of structured credit and portfolio manager as well.